Good evening, Vancouver, and welcome back to Canucks After Dark Monday, November 28th, coming off of a heaty three-game road trip, all wins against some tough opponents, and as always, joined here by my co-host, Canuck Clay. How are you doing today, Clay? Parker, I am great. Um, I am thrilled that you and I undershot this team. We were all, being all optimistic, saying they're going to go 2-1. and one. Last weekend, they, they, they swept, but I know we'll get to that. But overall, I'm doing well. Getting ready for the snow. I'm a, I'm a, I live in Richmond, but I'm a good Richmond driver as opposed to like a lot of my neighbors. Enough said. Uh, are you worried at all about this pending snowfall? Do we have snow coming? Is that a thing? <laughs> I don't Where, where you been, Matt? Oh what my you goodness. Doing? Wow. We got like four days of snow on, over the weekend. Okay. Like I know you were skiing on Sunday in Whistler, but uh, you had to know that there's at least snow. Can't you feel it in the air? It's kind of. I, I know it's cold. I just didn't know there would be any precipitation. I have not been uh, not been paying enough attention. Well, that's because oh, you don't boy. have to drive to work every day. That's why. That is true. I yeah, only have to yeah. drive to work occasionally. But uh, yeah. Oh boy. 10 to, 10 to 15 centimeters. Is that tonight? Tomorrow? Yeah, basically by the end of tomorrow. I don't know when it's going to start tomorrow, oh, but boy, maybe I shouldn't go to work tomorrow. All right, well, <laughs> we've got a. <laughs> I don't have snow tires. We've got three Canucks wins though to talk about, uh, and a good bit of Canucks news because last time we talked, and you sort of alluded to this, where the Canucks were six, ten, and three, yep. going on a three-game road trip against yep. two monsters, right? The Colorado Avalanche, defending Stanley Cup champions, Vegas Golden Knights, who are tops of the Pacific Division. And we said, hey, let's be optimistic and hope for the best and say, hey, they're going to pull out a miraculous two and one. Yeah. Uh, well, they went and they beat Colorado. They beat Vegas and they took San Jose to OT and got it done there as well. And they are just one game back of that 500 mark. Yes. Um, I mean, who did you see this coming? <laughs> no, no. And two and one. And we knew, I think in our heads, we said San Jose, you got to you got to win that game. You have to beat teams that are right around you in the standings or certainly below you, which was the Sharks are. But then we, we said, okay, maybe, you know, Martin is feeling it after, uh, no, no, this was before. This was after Demko played against. So we basically said Martin's going to start two of the three and he'll probably win maybe his two. Who knows what we said? But yeah, and I, I'm thrilled. And not only are the one game under the NHL 500, which basically doesn't count extra time losses, but the other thing is... Uh, one point out of a playoff spot like that's to me that's even more both of them are absurd to me when they started 05 and 2 like which yeah. one's more absurd to you the fact that they're one game under 500 they basically gone 05 and 2 so they've gone what nine nine five and one i think is the number that's crazy yeah it's uh and the thing is they you look at where where things have improved and they're still allowing a bunch of goals yeah. uh their power play is on an absolute heater and their yeah. penalty kill is slightly better at like 70% over that nine, five and one stretch. So yeah. slight improvements across the board. Uh, see what happens when you take Riley Stillman of the lineup. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely the only difference that. <laughs> or, or is it Sheldon dries? I, I've seen some crazy it, stats about him it too. Could be, yeah. They've, they're like eight, one and two with him in the lineup, something like that. Uh, definitely all Sheldon dries and, uh, and Kyle Burroughs being the big difference makers. By the way, I'm probably going to, put my foot in my mouth here but uh i noticed uh, by the way thanks everyone for being here like the video there's only seven likes but there's f almost 50 in here like the video and by the way like i'm gonna do right now if you're on twitter facebook instagram whatever you cool kids are doing now tweet tweet out the link to this i know it, it, it bumps our number a little bit and we we love seeing the interaction uh, what i was saying parker is on monday nights i know we can't always between you and me can't always do them but i think people are used to us on monday so we always at least start with a bigger crowd. I think when we do Tuesday, Wednesday, it takes a few, it takes a yeah. few minutes for people to wind their way in and find us for sure. Yeah. And, and I'm looking at, I'm looking at the calendar and I'm looking at next Monday being a seven 30 Canucks game. And I'm thinking, Oh boy, we might oh, be, uh, we'll see right. what, we'll see what happens there. I don't know what is with these, uh, with these late starts because also Monday, December 19th is also a seven 30 start. So they are doing some, some wacky stuff in the, uh, yeah. in the NHL scheduling department, but very Do wacky. you want to go back, take a little trip into the time machine and go yeah. through these last three games? Because yeah. I think we did the show. Did we do it last Monday or last Tuesday? No, last week was the Wednesday one. So no, we Tuesday. Did, no, it was Tuesday because the Avs game was Wednesday. Tuesday. Yeah. So we were, yeah, the Canucks were 6-10-3. Uh, they had just come off of that bad loss to Vegas after beating Buffalo, beating LA. So mm -hmm. they had won two of the last three, but that loss to Vegas kind of took the window to the sale because it was another multi-goal lead blown. 
Yes. Uh, and then we go to Colorado, the defending Stanley Cup champions who had a pretty rough start to the season. And then coming into this game, though, they were 11, five and one. So you can tell, you know, they, they had been off to a bad start and they were on an absolute hot streak uh, coming into this one. And uh, the Canucks tried to, you know, put the brakes on early for the Avs, and it was Mikheyev scoring 21 seconds into this game. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, they put they 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 got a hot start, and then the Avs did score twice. So first period was two one. And Parker, do you remember the very first game of the year? I remember it was also on a Wednesday night because I was at church when we played the Oilers, and didn't we pump two or three goals in in the first period? In the Something very like first, that. yeah, yeah. And so, and then we felt all good, and I thought we we're going to go 82 and 0. Anyways, but this was a really nice start. And I was joking with you before we pressed record that I can't, I can barely remember the goals from last night. I don't know how I'm going to remember, but I do remember the McKayev one because uh, Petey made a nice pass to him from behind the net. <laughs> yeah. Um, so they, they do blow that lead, you know, yeah. one goal lead that gets blown. And then we have Bo Horvat getting his 16th of the season in the, in the second period. This is the 20th game of the year, by the way. Yeah. Um, then Kale McCarr scored. So the Canucks going into the third period down a goal, which feels like they're doomed, right? Yes. Uh, they'd been outshot to that point by six. Uh, they get outshot in the third period as well, but they get goals from Sheldon Dries. They get a goal from Ethan Bear. Uh, and it is uh, Spencer Martin earning another two points. Yeah. Uh, and this gets the Canucks up to seven, 10, and three. And at this point, I mean, I'm looking at this road trip kind of already as, a, as our standards. The Canucks are out of it, whatever. Good start. <laughs> At least they got a win. It hurts our draft position at this point. But yeah, uh, yeah they, they they took down the best team in hockey. And that third period was so strange, Parker, because you had Sheldon. So if someone told you before the game that the three guys that were going to have multiple point nights will be Sheldon Dries, Oliver Ekman Larson, and Ethan Bear. <laughs> I'm not sure we we would have believed them. But Dries had a really good game. You remember on his goal, he stick-lifted uh, Devon Taves, I think. Taves and Nashi Makar struggled. They were fine on offense, but defensively, I believe they were on the ice for three of the four Canucks goals, um, mm-hmm. which is great. It was great to put them on the defensive a little bit. And then Ethan Bear with that uh, that long shot from, from the point, uh, also set up by Dries and Ekman Larson. So Ekman Larson with two primary assists in the third period. It's nice to get some secondary scoring for sure. Yeah, if you can go out there and, and play 10 minutes, get a goal and an assist, be a, be the highest plus minus on the on the forward group other than Elon <laughs> Mikhaev. Yeah. Uh, three shots in that time. Like That's a, that's a great night for Sheldon Dries. Uh, yeah, this was sort of Ethan Bear's, you know, best game as a Canuck, getting 20 minutes of ice yep. time. Uh, again, coming from being a, a healthy scratch in Carolina after being a top four defenseman in Edmonton. So, I mean, this trade at this point, I mean, immediately looking great for a fifth yeah. round pick. Yeah, and, and Bear's not without his faults. I know even before we acquired him, Parker, you and I talked about that. Yeah, he can skate, he can move the puck a little bit, but he is prone to turnovers. He's not the best defender. We've kind of seen that too. He kind of gets walked a little bit, uh, yeah. uh, leading to odd man rushes. But uh, and we'll get to that maybe uh, in the San Jose game. But for yeah. for this game, he was great. And Dries, what a revelation! Like uh, you think you don't really need a center, uh, but with with Lazar playing the wing with Stanika out and with Miller obviously better on the wing. I guess I guess you need him if you want to run four deep. Yeah, and again, the, the JT Miller switch to wing, you know, this is a night where he puts up another point, right? Doesn't yeah. feel like he's doing too much, but a second assist, he just keeps racking up points. I mean, you look at it today, he's over a point a game again, 23 points in 22 games, albeit wow. at a minus seven. Uh, <laughs> he was but, a minus uh, 11 last week when we talked, though, so he's getting better. That is true. That is yeah. a big upgrade. I think Besser's probably on a similar upgrade. He is, nope, he's minus 12. <laughs> How did that happen? Right. I guess yeah, I okay. don't know. Yeah, I don't know. He was a plus one against the Avs, though, and that's what counts at this point. Uh, yes, if we got yes. anything else you want to touch on this game, or do you want to move? No, on to Vegas? Uh, and the fact that Colorado—they're so good. Did you know that weird stat where they're third? Colorado's third or second worst in the league, five on five, but they have one of the best power plays, so that's why they're so good. And they went two for six, but it, it wasn't like we were freaking out because our penalty kill was so bad. That's a really good team. Yeah, and yeah. that that was an average night for the Canucks penalty kill. Uh, problem is the power play went over five, uh, which makes yeah. it a little tougher. Um, so then we go forward, um, yep. and this is only you know this is, they got another two day break, mm-hmm. and this is where your master plan came into effect, where you said, yes. "Well, it's a two day rest. You you should put yep. it's a back to back, so you're going to play Martin in one, Demko in the other. Get Martin in the game against Vegas because Demko just sort of got shelled by Vegas a couple days prior." Uh, and just give him a different look. And uh, 
Vegas almost gets shut out. They don't score <laughs> until there's about four minutes left. Yeah. Um, in this one. And even before we get into the, the game itself, um, yeah, not rocket science. You and I, we weren't the only ones predicting that Martin should start this game, but it was interesting to hear Boudreaux say that Martin deserved it. But he, Boudreaux was smart. He also said in the same breath, and Demko played really well last year against San Jose. So that that was a really smart move, almost justifying basically what we were speculating anyways. No, Martin's playing better, and he had a two-day yeah, two gap, so why not go against him, give the Vegas Golden Knights a different look. And this this was probably the, the Canucks' most complete game. I know not a lot to choose from, but this was this was solid, man. This was so good. Yeah, it was a, it really felt like a dominant performance, yeah. right? There was people who, uh, you know, I was asked in my post game of this one, like, yeah. what was a more complete game, this one or the L.A. game, right? Yeah. And, I, and I had said from the start, I didn't think that L.A. game was that great. They kind of got shelled and, uh, and they had great goaltending. Um, and this game, they were the better team, right? They outshot them 36 mm-hmm. to 27. Analytically at five on five, not a big difference, but mm-hmm. the Canucks power play was unstoppable. Um, and you got to think, you know, especially in the third period, score effects really coming into play, right? It's a five nothing game. Who cares if you get shelled in the third period? Um, <laughs> but you get Brock Besser getting on the board with another nice tip goal, which he yep. has been uh, pretty good with. You have yep. JT Miller getting his 11th, just a regular JT Miller downhill on the power play. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how that shot works all the time. Yeah. Um, but then they always show you the angle, like from Miller's perspective, you're like, why would he even shoot that? There's no lane to the net. <laughs> and it goes in. Um, so Canucks up two nothing after the first, and no one thinks they're going to win. Yep. So we go to the yep. second period. We get an Andre Kuzmenko goal that was Elias Pettersson's goal. That's right. But they changed it yesterday. Yeah. Um, I still, I still haven't seen it since then. Yeah, so I didn't, I, I didn't notice. I, I did watch it again, Parker. Picture this. Picture if I'm the goalie, Kuzmenko kind of crosses this way. Yeah. And I'm he has it. a stick, so it happens so fast. But what's so funny, even so. I know if I, I was Kuzmenko, and maybe it's because I don't score ever, like one goal a year. If I knew that I tipped it, wouldn't you at least say something or react? And But maybe he was deferring to Petey and he let Petey do the flyby first, you know? Yeah, you, you would just go to the front of the line. Exactly. I'm just watching this replay. I don't know how they figured out that he tipped it. Because like yeah. it's so fast that you, yes. you can't see the direction change. So I think it was probably going in regardless. But yeah, it's a... Uh, Kuzmenko ends up getting it and then yep. uh turns out that's a multiple night for him because under two minutes later he scored uh and this one was all the fourth line right it was Oman and Joshua right. and then Kuzmenko was still out there with them and yep. uh Oman and Joshua both win nice battles down low I mean Niels Oman has been really good oh, yeah. <laughs> and oh, Joshua's yeah. been solid as well uh and Kuzmenko just ends up uh finding the back of the net on that one and he's yep. got 10 on the year at this point wow yeah and, and- and of course, we'll, we'll talk about him yesterday as well. So that, uh, yeah, and, and uh, I'm glad you mentioned Neil Zaman and Dakota Joshua. Joshua, he he brings some size, some toughness that we have kind of lacked a little bit, actually. And then Neil Zaman, wow, he he was basically what unsigned by Colorado, correct? After they drafted him, I I guess so, yeah, because he was just in the uh, in the Swedish league. We just grabbed him, yeah. Okay, yeah. Oh, he's been great. Yeah, fourth line. So there, the the Lazar Aman. Joshua line is actually making us forget about the Highmore Lamico, John Pond, as you affectionately called him, and Mott line. Like this line has been really good, really good. Yeah, and that's what you wanted of a, four, of a fourth line, right? Yeah. Exactly this, right? They can go in, have a good forecheck, make a play, keep the puck out of their own zone, while mm-hmm. the rest of your team gets rested. And every once in a while, they'll contribute on the on the score sheet as well, right? Yes. I mean, you've got. Niels Oman has five points in 22 games. That's not great, but he's also yeah. a, his plus minus is zero. Oh, for fourth liner. That's, that's good. That's yeah. That's solid. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, Dakota Joshua else was five points in 21 games. Uh, he's a plus one has Coffee 30 cat. penalty minutes on top of it as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, you take that hundred percent. You're not, this is a, a fourth line that's coming out even yeah. at five on five. And that's, that's all you can ask for. What does Lazar have, by the way, if you still have it up, uh, Lazar has Fewer two games, points sure. in 12 games, but he's also a plus one. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I've liked him. And then, uh, okay. I, I must admit, I can't remember Horvat's goal to make it five, nothing. Oh no, I do remember. Cause there was one, one second left. It was that beautiful pass, but you know, <laughs> did this come up in your post game Parker? Cause it came up in mine, but I, I actually didn't address it cause I didn't have time. Someone pointed out to me that Horvat did not acknowledge Miller who made the amazing, you know, Deke with two seconds left. 
And then as Horvat was celebrating, he didn't even look to the goal mouth to, to acknowledge Miller's pass. Did you, A, notice that? And B, did anyone else bring it up to you? I mean, I'm looking at it right now. He 100% <laughs> does. Oh. He literally it, skates over. He looks at the blue line and then just like, just like looks at JT and is like, does one of those. Oh, like, that, how did what you was I that? thinking? Okay. I don't know. That's a maybe he was looking at he was there, but it looked fine. Okay. Um, you know, a, a great play. Like Hoaglander, good play at the line. Yes. Like Miller, beautiful play in front uh to get it over to Horvat. I love the score. The Sportsnet uh clock says 0.1, even though it was actually like a second and a half. Um but yeah, it, that was just the icing on the cake. Yeah. This one was funny because I was at hockey at the same time as this game. I had a hockey game at seven o'clock. Right. Um, right. So I got off the ice at about eight twenty. Yep. Uh, and it was two nothing. And I checked my phone. It's two nothing. Yep. By the time I was out of the dressing room, it was four nothing. And then when I was in the car on the way home, listening on the radio, it was five nothing. So everything happened in that really <laughs> short. You know, it was nine minutes of hockey that the Canucks basically sealed this game away. Um, you're not blowing a five goal lead. Marcia yeah. so gets the one with about three and a half minutes left. Yeah. So it's always so good against the Canucks, which is annoying because I don't like that guy. Um, and did you uh, see the highlights then of him, of him and Garland fighting? I did watch that fight. <laughs> yeah. There not much happened. I do like that. It's an even matchup though, right? You got sure, two guys sure. who are like five, eight, five, nine. Yeah. Going at it. Uh, it was yeah. a good one. It was, yeah. And of course I, uh, it's too bad. Cause uh, yeah, we, I wasn't worried we were going to lose, but you you would love to see Spencer Martin get a shutout for sure, for sure. Yeah, but maybe that just this is motivation. He'll stay yeah. hot. He'll he'll keep working towards it, uh, yeah. hopefully. And uh, yeah, it would be good to see him get one. Yeah. So now after this game, uh, you I did game over. You did your own show. We're all laughing because we've we we're gold. We already hit our two win quota, and it's gravy after that. Yeah, they, they've won the week at this point. They've yeah, won yeah. the road trip at this point. And we're looking at San Jose, and it is the perfect trap game. It's <laughs> the second game on a back-to-back. It's in San Jose where the Canucks have, you know, they've they've had their fair share of struggles there before. Yeah. Uh, and you think they're going to find, you know, Demko's been struggling. Mm. They're going to find a way to lose this. And the hockey gods tried. They tried. Yeah. That Luke Cunnan goal where it oh. bounces off of a stick off of the shoulder of Cunnan yeah. and over Demko and in. Uh, the other goal, I don't remember what happened, but I know it was a fluke. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah. The You know, I heard someone say that Demko should be standing up straighter. Like, <laughs> No, he didn't know where it was. The, no, the, sort of, the default thing, if the goalie loses the puck, they sort of, if they're in the butterfly, they stay in the butterfly. Yeah. They push themselves back. So their pads are kind of flat on the goal line. Right. Just in case, you know, and yeah, he doesn't know more. where it is. <laughs> it's in the air. <laughs> it shouldn't have been there. That's not yeah. where the puck's supposed to go. Yeah. Um, but we, this one opens up with a Kyle Burroughs goal mm-hmm. in the first period. Uh, yeah. So he's got two on the year, which is great. Yeah. Uh, Horvat and Miller getting points on that one. Cunning yeah. gets his fluke in the second period. So we're going to the third period. Tie game. Couture gives San Jose the lead on the power play. I think this is the other fluky one. Um, uh, well, yeah, went off bear. Bear, uh, right. bear deflected it. Right, went off. Good bear. shot. Good shot. Uh, clean win. I man, and that's the one thing. I, I thank goodness our penalty kills being a lot better. But this was another five seconds in, man. That like that's that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they just get beat off the draw and don't have time to set up. And yeah, yeah. So the Knocks yeah. are down a goal and they immediately get it back. It's Ilya Mikheyev. Um, I, I don't even remember this one. I do. Uh, PD takes takes a shot. Like the rebound goes to Mikheyev. He backhands it, misses the net. Then PD retrieves the puck. And he tries to center it twice. The first time PD tries to center it, it hits the net, goes back to him. And then it goes off Kuzmenko's foot to Mikheyev. Mm. And that's why Kuzmenko gets the first assist. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah. Mikheyev gets his sixth of the year to make it 2-2. And Mikheyev continues to be awesome because two and a half minutes later, oh. uh, he makes that great play where he's sort of coming out of the corner. He It, gets, it rolls off of his stick. And then he dives for it, pokes it back to the point to Oliver Ekman Larson. Uh, his shot perfectly tipped by Elias Patterson. Like just a, just a gross tip to to oh. make that play sort of three run legs. Uh, absolutely perfection. Uh, Canucks get the lead, three two, and then they yep. blow that lead because <laughs> Luke Cunnan scores. And this one I think was just this one was just felt like it was coming right. The Canucks yep. defense got really sloppy. Um, they let Pin for two minutes stay yep. in it. Yeah, it just gets stuck in their own zone. Kind yeah. of eventually scores. It's Eric Carlson's 21st assist of the year on that goal. Pretty sweet pass. Yeah, you just uh, see how, yeah. how good he is. Yeah, he's got 32 points this year. 
<laughs> which doesn't make any sense. Um, and then, uh, so we go to overtime and the Canucks have been garbage in overtime this year. Yeah. Uh, and they're playing pretty good. They're making some decent plays on the first shift. They're keeping possession. And then it's JT Miller back at his own blue line. Uh, you see Timo Meyer skate to the bench, frustrated, <laughs> not even looking a bad time for a change. I guess at the end of a shift and yeah. Miller just snaps it ahead to Kuzmenko. He's on yeah. a breakaway. Um, and it's, it's the perfect shot on a, on a breakaway. If you're going to shoot, you have three targets, really. Mm. You're either trying to take a quick shot, five hole off of a stick handle before the goalie can, can react. Yep. Uh, or you are trying to go above the pad on either side, right? Yes. You're not really trying to go top corner unless maybe you're coming in off of a wing and trying to get the goalie to move and go the opposite corner, but you're trying to just make it as hard to save as possible. That's the hardest place for a goalie. If you can go off yeah. the post you know, this high off the ice, a pad and a little bit off the ice. Yeah. It's a hard shot to save. It's perfectly placed from Kuzmenko. Excellent. Selly and the Canucks are one game back of 500. And I, I what? so Parker, I watched this overtime a few times because then my son, Sean came home. He was out. We watched it again because I wanted to see why Timo Meyer was so mad because mm-hmm. not only did he inexplicably not try and stop JT Miller from going up the middle, but he was slamming, he was too busy slamming yeah. a stick on the ice. So he was I did watch JT Miller. <laughs> Maybe that's why Miller pointed out. No. So I was watching it. So there was one part in the there's two things that happened in the overtime. One of them is he had a there, he had a two on one where it was Meyer actually on the left and he pulled up and he 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 didn't shoot. That's no big deal. But then on that same sequence, they um I think he expected his other winger. They, so the puck came out of the blue line. I think he expected the other winger to kind of streak in down the right side. And then Meyer, it looked like, because because the wing, winger didn't streak in, it looked like Meyer just dumped it in, in front of the bench. But he actually, I think he was trying to lead him with a pass. Yeah. But the guy didn't come in. And then that's when Hughes picks it up, gives it to and then And then Meyer, a few seconds later, is going to the bench. It was just weird. It was just weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But hey, Canucks get the win. They are yep. 9, 10, and 3. Um now, do you want to hear the analytics where they're at? Give it to me, brother. Give it to me. So I think coming into the week, the Canucks were at about like 27% to make the playoffs. Okay. Okay. And that felt generous, uh, to be honest. <laughs> uh, after last night's game, so this isn't updated, but I think the Oilers won. They won in overtime. Vegas won, but Vegas is so far ahead. Yeah. Uh, the Blues lost, which would help. Yeah. If we're shooting wildcard spot and yeah, the Oilers won. So all in all, probably a slight negative on the night. Um, but coming in today, the Canucks were at 40%. Really? Um, so remember they started the year at 49. They yeah. are now at 40 and it really comes down to, you know, any other year, you know, nine, 10 and three, you're looking at a team that is, you know, a few points outside and we're past North or American Thanksgiving. And you're really behind the eight ball here, but I mean, you look at the teams here, right? Like Vegas is running away with it. Seattle is playing really well, right? They've got 29 points in 21 games and they're probably, you know, they've got a nice little barrier there, but you look at the playoff spots and you're looking at Minnesota, uh, or you're looking at the two wildcard spots, let's say, and you have Mm -hmm, Edmonton mm -hmm. with 24 points in 22 games. Uh, So three points ahead of the Canucks with same amount of games played. And you're looking at Minnesota with 22 points in 21 games. So one point more one less game played. So with 60 games to go, lots of time to make that up yes. um, to the point where it's it's basically even. Canucks need to win one more game than a Minnesota here, here uh, on the way out. The problem is they're also competing with Calgary for this playoff spot and St. Louis, both of which are at 500. Uh, and I guess Nashville as well, who's also at 500. So there's a <laughs> bunch of teams sort of pushing for these spots. Other teams will probably fall. You know, you'll see one team fall, whether it's LA or Seattle. Um, but yeah, they're they're in an okay spot right now, uh, mm-hmm. but they need to to keep winning. Um, yes. And it's the, a good time to keep winning because their next seven games, if I'm not mistaken, are teams that are below the playoff bar right now. Wow. So Florida, sorry, Washington, Florida, Arizona, those three. Yep. Montreal. Washington is Washington is sixth in the Metro. Yep. Florida is fifth in the Atlantic. Uh, Arizona is Arizona. Um, Montreal. Montreal is sixth in the Atlantic. 
San Jose's uh, then they go San Jose, Minnesota, uh, you know. who's on the bubble. Uh, they're yeah. technically, I guess they're technically in the playoffs right now because St. Louis lost. Right. But coming into tonight, they were not. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then the Flames, uh, who are fifth in the Pacific. Right. Wow. Wow. And so I also a chance know, to so make not, some ground. Yes, exactly. And not only are we playing against not world beaters, but I believe, Parker, nine of our next 14 are at home which is massive because we've only played eight home games. We kind of suck at home. Uh, we've played 14 road games, so 8 plus 14, 22. That makes sense. So, yeah, mm-hmm. nine of their next 14, so nine and five, are at home. So another reason why we should – yeah, so, man, the house of positivity, That that those are two really good points then that, that yeah. we bring up. Yeah. Yeah, they have seven games that none of them, they are the huge underdogs, right? And mm. you add in the fact they're at home, right? Uh, Washington, the Canucks are – probably favored i would imagine because they're at home uh and they probably have the teams about equal same with florida same with arizona same with montreal the sharks i imagine the canucks are road favorites in that one too Mm -hmm. um minnesota they're at home they're probably the favorites and then i'm sure that calgary game they're the their underdogs there so yeah looking at just the rest of december basically Um, you know, there's the Canucks could win a couple more games than they lose here, right? Especially if yep. you're looking at the next seven. If the Canucks can win five of these next seven, get above 500, um, they'll be in a pretty good spot. Uh, and it all, you know, but you can't, you can't falter, right? You got to go and you got to beat Washington tomorrow yeah. and beat Florida on Thursday and get that momentum rolling. Don't lose the momentum here. And then, because if you lose two games in a row, suddenly we're back where we started, right? You're back three games yeah. below 500, uh, and you know we're we're not happy. No, oh, for sure. And yeah, it's it's kind of maddening, but it's a good thing. Imagine if we hung on to beat Vegas that Monday night a week ago today, Parker. We'd be obviously 10, 9, and three. We'd be twenty three points, and yeah, we're we're right in the wild card race. And, yeah. and I said I said this to you last week because because it's so crazy. Imagine if we didn't give up seven multi goal leads, and even if we got points in four of them, there's another seven or eight yep. points. It's 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 so I really think, and I, I know we talked about this last week. Are we the team that you know started zero and five and two, or are we the team that won two out of three? You know when we talked last week. And I, I maybe we're we're closer to the latter. Maybe Bruce Brujo wasn't worried about his job or knows he's coaching for it, but he just said, "Look, let's learn how to play a bit of defense and not give up forty-five cross-ice passes a game." <laughs> right now, analytically, they're still not great. Oh, right? you know, like like expected goals-wise, you know, they're they're still not great, and they're kind of similar to their record, but. Just look, you know, we can throw that out the window and we can look at <laughs> this team is scoring a lot of goals and they're not getting a lot of goaltending. The problem is it is likely that their goaltending will improve. It is also right. likely that their goal scoring will go down. Yes. Um, yes. So it's, you know, they will just hope that one takes longer than the other and they can build up a bit of a lead uh, in the standings, but they need to uh, to get it moving. So, Parker, you're the math guy. This is going to sound like a very sarcastic question, but it's a very genuine question. Can we take Minnesota's points percentage of 524, okay, as the second wildcard team, if we extrapolate that to 164 total points, 82 games, that's only 86 points. Now, is that not possible because more they're going to play more teams against the East? Like, I don't know the best way to look at that, but right now... The, what I'm saying is the eighth playoff team has a points per, has uh, extrapolated points of 86. Right. Yeah, that's not going to that, last. Okay, that's what I thought. The pro the the thing is everyone's sort of on the same foot right now, and right. it's it's still sort of a race to the same spot. Maybe it does end up a little bit lower. The problem is that, that you know lots of these teams are just losing to Eastern Conference teams, right? Right. Yeah. And that's just sort of a fluke or the Eastern conference is just better. Maybe the playoff bar does end up being 92 points mm-hmm. in, in the West. Right. Um, but it's, it's not going to be 86. If it was 86, <laughs> the Canucks would have a real good shot. Um, but yeah, it'll probably be somewhere maybe nine to 95. Right. Um, which I think historically like 93, 94 is, is pretty typical. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you know, even if it's 92, the Canucks have a, have a ways to go. Right, so great point. So let's say, for instance, let's say they they need to get to forty two 
I'll do easy math. 42 and 30 is 72 and 10. Yeah, 42, 30, and 10 makes 82. 42, 30, and 10 makes 94 points, right? Yeah. 40, yes. So they're 9, 10, and 3. So do you think 42, 30? They have to win 33 can, out of the last 60 games. Yeah, can they go 33, 20, and, not, uh, and 7? Can they do that? Sure. Yeah. They could. Um, yeah, I mean, you, they've only won 9 out of 22 so far. <laughs> um, but again, they've had a lot of weird things happen along the way, right? All these multi-goal leads get getting blown, bad goaltending. Um, you know, those turn around and suddenly maybe, maybe this team is better than what we've seen. Um, but you know, it's, it's hard to tell until we see. Okay. So overall, look, we are six points better than we were when we last met six, uh, six nights ago. Uh, what's your prediction? So yes, uh, we'll Four set up games. the now. We have four. Oh, yeah, that's right. Because the Montreal one. Yeah. So we got Capitals tomorrow, yep. seven o'clock. Neither of we us going. Neither of us going. Yeah. Canucks, Panthers, Thursday, Hall of Fame game. Both of us uh, going. Both of us going, 7 p.m. Yeah. Uh, big one. Got to win that one. Uh, well, with Luongo in the building. We claim it's the winner gets to keep Luongo. He'll okay, wear we'll their hat. Um, yes, yes. Saturday, December 3rd, Coyotes. You're and going because you are doing. Be doing the botch for project that day slash night all day. Yep. Nice. And then Monday, December 5th, 7 30 PM. Are you going to that game? I'm actually not. Are you Are, doing game over that night? I'm not actually. Are you contractually obligated to not stream at the same time as a game over? <laughs> uh, no, I'm actually not. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe, we, maybe we'll see you Monday. Yes, um, we should aim for that, like a ten fifteen start on Monday. Yeah, that would be a, that would be a decent <laughs> idea. Um, if That's I, funny. As I you say that, I'm gonna look at my I'm gonna look at my schedule right now. So keep going. So what do you think is gonna happen? That was really funny, man. What do you think? So, yeah, there's there's an inside look of how Parker and I schedule things. We basically just ask each other questions till one of us breaks, basically. <laughs> yeah, it's like twenty questions, but for for times. Um, so tomorrow, seven p.m. Capitals. Uh, I. Th- can I, look when you're when you're winning when you're hot, uh, it's usually pretty easy. You know, it's easy to keep winning. Mm-hmm. Um, who do you think gets to start tomorrow? Uh, Demko, I think so. Just as they went Martin back to back, well not back to back. You know what I mean? Two games in a row. Um, I think you go Demko because I to me it doesn't matter who starts the the Thursday night against Florida. There's no sentimental connection. Kinda is though? Why? How? Not to them, but like I don't know. It's the I just I feel like you'd have your starting goalie in on the Hall of Fame night. Okay, um, so uh, I'll, I'll no, give no, you no. that. But but let's say Boudreaux doesn't care about that, and let's just say right. um, I would because if if you go back to Martin after Demko played really well, I I just think that you're, what are you saying to Demko? Maybe you don't care, but that's three out of the last four. We're going Martin. I I I go Demko. I go Demko tomorrow night. Well, well, are, but are you going to go Martin Thursday then? Yep. Okay. Well, then why does what which which order does it matter then? Why go Demko Demko Martin instead of Demko Martin Demko? Because uh, good question. I think you shouldn't be afraid to go Demko back to back because you just did it for mm-hmm. Martin. Yeah. Right. I I think I'm just sort of the mindset that like if I am if I'm running the show, I am going to DM Demko Martin saying right now. Yep we're just splitting games between you guys until one of you falls apart, right? <laughs> You're just going to get good rest. You're each sort of playing at an equal level. Yeah. Uh, so we're just going to rotate back and forth. Now that back-to-back bit of an exception. It's a back-to-back, right? So each of you are going to play one. They're back-to-back yeah. nights. doesn't really matter. Um, and we're, we're going to split the next two games, Capitals and then Panthers, unless one of you gets a shutout against Washington. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't really care who starts tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah, me I, I'm just sort of playing devil's advocate, but no, it's totally I think, cool. Uh, I think um, I could see them going to Martin tomorrow. So okay, so two different things. Then, what would you do? But what do you think they're going to do? Or maybe they're the same thing. I think I want to reward Martin for almost getting a shutout on Saturday. Yeah, uh, and again, not like Demko was bad yesterday. He let him, you know, he got two fluky ones, and then one that he got beat after the Canucks were hemmed in for a minute and a half, two minutes. Right. right. So that game, you know, those three goals weren't on him at all. Um, so I think I, I think you could play either and have a decent argument. I don't think you're going to make either of them mad. Um, right. So, yeah, I don't care. I, OK, 
I don't care either, but I my my gut feeling is is gonna be right. Demko. I think the Canucks win tomorrow though because they're on a win streak. Um, <laughs> you know, they're it's you know it's easier to keep winning. Yeah. Um, so I'll say they win tomorrow. I will say they beat Florida. They l- oh, I don't want them to lose in Arizona when I'm there. <laughs> okay, they lose to Florida. <laughs> they beat Arizona and they beat Montreal. They go three and one until our next show. I'm gonna go three and one as well, but my order is different. I'm gonna say they lose to Montreal. I don't want I don't want them to. That would I, be my pick if they were going to lose one. That's the yeah. one I'd want them to lose. Right. Um, but Montreal I think is not great. Although I just yeah. said, yeah, I don't know. Whatever. As three long as they, one. yeah, three and one as well. Three and one. Jazz as well. Grand's going four zero. Love it. And he did. He was the one who who uh, he he called three and zero last week, so he was right. Well, broken clock. <laughs> if you keep if you keep saying they're gonna win every game, eventually they'll go on a win streak. All right. That is true with my score prediction. I've been twenty two times I've said the Canucks are gonna win four two and they haven't yet. <laughs> I what's the most times. I think three two is the most common score. You should you should pick right. that one. But although the Canucks do score a lot. Four three. Yeah, four three's been very common, but no four two's always been my go to and they, they ha- and I don't change my prediction until they actually hit it. So we could go all 82. No, it won't be all 82 games. Yeah. The Canucks have been in five, four, three games this year. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. If you picked eight, five, you'd have more luck. <laughs> uh, so we're both going four and oh? No, three and one. 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 Love all it. right. Peter's going oh and four for the reverse psychology. Sure, Peter, wh- whatever risky. it takes. <laughs> Let's do whatever risky. it takes. Um, all right, that takes us to about 25, 23 minutes left. Where do you want to go next? I want to talk about the news from today, and I want to get your reaction to, and the, the chat's reaction to Vasily Podkolzin and Jack Rathbone, both being, they never say the words demoted or sent down. They say assigned, assigned to the Abbotsford Canucks. What uh, you need to know in the chat, you guys, this is a no-risk, no-brainer no move because you don't, have to worry about losing either of those guys to waivers because of their contract situation and they're not getting any playing time here. Rathbone hasn't played since three weeks ago. He's only played six games. He's the one I think you got to get playing for sure. But Pod Colson yeah. too, if, if you're worried about Pearson and Sidnika coming back. So to me, it's it's not even a salary thing because they have room. It's it's totally about playing time and roster numbers. Yeah, there's a, like you said, it's kind of a no-brainer. And yeah. I was sort of pushing this the last two weeks about Rathbone, right? Yes, um, you were. When you have Because Rathbone is the eighth D in this depth chart. He's behind yeah. Stillman. He's behind Burroughs. He should not be behind Stillman, but he is. <laughs> um, so if he's going to sit in the press box every night and yeah. your, your AHL team plays, you know, 60 kilometers east of yeah. you and they play tomorrow night, uh, yeah. as far as I remember... Um. Yeah. Why wouldn't you want Jack Rathbone playing 20 minutes a night in the mm-hmm. AHL? Uh, he was very successful there last year. Build up some confidence. Just you know, he's the eighth D man. Get him playing yeah. games. Get him developing. It doesn't matter if a guy like you know Riley Stillman sitting in the press box because he has a lower upside um, yes. than a Jack Rathbone. And then for Pod Colson, again, you know, are they going to take Sheldon Dries out of the lineup to put Pod Colson back in, or Curtis Lazar out of the lineup to put Pod Colson in? Yeah. No. If Tanner Pearson is back and someone's got to come to the lineup, that pushes him further down. Jack Studnika as well. They just traded mm-hmm. for this guy, uh, and he's looked okay in his in his playing time. So mm-hmm. you, you now have Jack, uh, Vasily Podkolzin being your 15th forward, yeah. and that doesn't make any sense to keep him sitting in the press box every night. So, yeah, yeah why wouldn't you get them down there? You know, Podkolzin can play 19 minutes a night in the AHL, score a bunch of goals, hopefully get yeah. that confidence back, uh, develop his pro game, because... He hasn't been very effective this year. Yes, yes. And I don't worry about Pod Colson's attitude or even his, his he's only in year two. Not he's not even in his third year. Because remember, him and Hoglander were drafted the same year, but Hoglander started a year uh, earlier. So while Hoglander's in his final year of his three year ELC, Pod Colson's only in year number two. So we have him for another year at nine twenty five. That's good. We have Jack Rathbone for another year at eight sixty or whatever he makes. That's good. So um yeah, get both of them playing. Get both yeah, them playing for sure. That's that is you know they sitting in the press box taking practices doesn't help at all. Yeah, um, you know NHL practices might be better than AHL practices, but AHL games are better than eating popcorn uh, <laughs> upstairs. Hey, do you think Parker? Let, let's try and be. We're always objective and humble. Do you think we're too high on Rathbone together? 
I think he's just exciting. Like his play yeah. style, his his offensive, you know, he's such a good skater that I don't think I don't think so because the things that we've liked about Rathbone continue to be his best assets. Right. The problem is it's more on the mental side. It's more on being in the right place, being the stronger player. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's got the edge work, he's got the skating, he can make the pass, but it's it's in his own zone that he's struggling. And yeah. that's you know that's something that you develop by playing against pro hockey uh, pro hockey players learning. Um, you know, it's it's a much different game than playing at Harvard, right? In college, mm-hmm. so especially as a defenseman compared to a forward, yeah. right? Forward, your job's kind of the same: go score goals. Defenseman, now you have to stop people who are six times better than you're used to at scoring. So yeah, it's a tough it's a tough transition. I so badly want him to to do well. I really do, but and it's almost like when I'm watching him live, Parker, I'm almost willing him to to play better because I've seen him make a lot of and he's yes, he's only 23 years old, but I've seen him make a lot of bad passes, bad decisions. Um, but me, yeah, it could be confidence, playing time, all those things. So he'll get back. It might not be the depending on health, I guess, of our blue liner. I'm not sure if he'll get back and how quick quickly he'll get back to the main club whereas i think pod colson i i think we'll see him certainly by the end of the season i just don't know when yeah there's going to be injuries there's going to be a stretch of a couple losses where they're going to want to change something up and pod colson's yeah. a guy you can slot in uh, especially if he's doing really well yeah. in abbotsford uh i have a fun little stat that got tweeted out today um, by mike kelly uh, there are 49 lines with at least 100 minutes of five on five play together. So units of three forwards that have played together for more than hundred minutes of five on five. Uh, none have scored at a higher rate than the Mikheyev Pedersen Kuzmenko line. So mm-hmm. in every 20 minutes at five on five that Mikheyev Pedersen and Kuzmenko play together, they score 2.13 goals. Which basically wow. means if you could have all three of them playing the entire game, the Canucks would be scoring six goals a night. They um, might be a little tired, but they'll score. <laughs> right. But I mean, you got to think about it. They probably are playing like 15 minutes a night at five on five together, right? Yeah. Like yep. that's that's one and a half goals a game coming from this line, um, which is huge and probably not sustainable. They'd be the best even strength line in hockey. Um, <laughs> but they are, the three of them are working really well. The other, at least Patterson has been on, on just such a different level. Yeah. Um, and Kuzmenko has obviously been fantastic as well. You know, that's, that's a real cool stat. The fact that we're talking about better than anything that Colorado or Vegas or Boston or Carolina can throw out there. That's yeah, that's very impressive. And the, the people behind them, I, I think Boston might not qualify because Marchand hasn't played a lot. Right, um, right, right. But you look at, you know, number two at 1.95 goals per 20 minutes is, uh, Verhage, Barkov and Kachuk. Oh, really? Uh, and then the third one, which isn't that surprising, is Rupi Hints, Joe Pavelski, and Jason Robertson, who is yeah. a, who is tied, I think, in the in the Art Ross race with Connor McDavid right now. I think at like thirty six points already. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, it's funny you mentioned. I, I guess a Florida combo and a Dallas combo, and I didn't even mention those two teams. But yeah, Dallas yeah. Is, is playing very well, obviously. Wow. Well, that's pretty good, and it speaks to so uh, that. And maybe we don't have to get into it too much. We can save this, but. When it comes to Kuzmenko's new contract, do does Dan Milstein, uh, Dan Milstein and, and his camp prop up Kuzmenko's numbers, point a game, or do the Canucks say, yeah, put him on with someone else, not name Elias Pettersson and see how well he uh, They're obviously not going to say it like that snarkily, right. but you know what I'm getting at. They're going to say, look how Anson Carter worked out with the city wins, <laughs> right? Um, no, I think, look, I mean, I think Milstein literally tweeted out after money bags scored in overtime he tweeted a bunch of money bags which is hilarious i hate it but it's hilarious yeah um he's gonna get paid and the canucks gonna have to make some moves to 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 let that happen right um Mm -hmm. and i'm sure we might get some questions about that here when we go to the people if you are ready unless you have any other topics no we we can do we're we're both in a good mood we're both going to games this week yeah let's go to the people all right folks time to get your questions in um, I have not been checking uh, all that much, but let's see. Uh, let's see if I can scroll. Hundred fifteen people in here, Parker. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you all for joining tonight. Yes. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you hit like. And uh, if you missed yeah. any part of the show, you can rewind back to the beginning. You can find it on your favorite podcast platform uh, about 10, 15 minutes after the show as well. So subscribe in all those places. Uh, we do really appreciate it. 
You ready? All right. Yeah, I'm ready if you got one. Let's start with these two. Will Eric Carlson keep up this pace? No. No. Next. No. Next. Good player, <laughs> but no. Yeah. Taylor. <laughs> Actually, no, let's go, Peter. Um, what do you do with Garland? He's being absolutely invisible. Yeah, he hasn't been great. Uh, again, you look at points-wise, he's on pace for like 40 points, um, yeah. which would be a regression from last year. But we're talking about he's got three goals in 21 games. Um, mm. That's It's just not good enough, right? He's on like a 12-goal uh, a pace this year, 11-goal yeah. pace. That's uh, Yeah, that's not good enough for what they – uh, expected to get. Um, problem is, you know, are you selling low on a guy like Connor McDavid? Although, yeah. is were you going to get much form anyways? Even if he'd been put up fifty points, based on the winger market right now, yeah. um, it's uh, you know, cap's going to go up only a million dollars next year. It's uh, it's tough to to sell a, a five million dollar winger that's only going to have you know thirty points by the time the trade deadline rolls around. You know, Chris brings up a really good point. Something I want to bring up about Garland. We've talked about it before. He says Garland has been noticeable, just not putting up the points. Garland, he plays with this frenetic energy where he looks like he's doing something all the time. Yeah. But he's not effectively doing much all the time. Is that fair yeah. to say? Uh, I, I was going to say the same thing. Yeah. Uh, he de- he has a style where um, he plays a yeah a, a very energetic sort of flashy game. Mm-hmm. where he'll make those spin moves, make a bunch of space. <laughs> and part of that is, you know, he's making he does make a lot of space and part of it is, you know, the the puck's not going in the net for him. Yeah. Um and you know, he's not getting that power play one time that to to prop those numbers up a little bit more and yeah, it's uh it's it's hard to say um how much of it is just visual, you know, like yeah, he's spinning around, he's he's got the puck, he's he's skating in, but then nothing comes of it. And we're in a results-based business, right? Mm-hmm. GM, the GMs aren't, they're not all smart enough to look at the analytics and be like, oh, well, actually, he's got a 51% expected goals when he's on the ice. Uh, yeah. And they'll look at like, well, he's not converting. He's not producing. Um, and uh, yeah, that makes it tough to um, to sell a, uh, a player like that in a, in a terrible winger market. I mean, yeah. we're talking about probably a pretty weak return unless yeah. you're, you know, doing the mental gymnastics of saying, well, you're sort of trading him for Kuzmenko and on his new contract or whatever you're trying to, to pull there. Yeah. I want him. I want him to do well. Peter says the fan base seems to be divided. One side wants a rebuild. The other side feels like the team is ready for a playoff push. <laughs> well, it connects to basically they've done kind of what your question is saying, Peter, they've been two different teams this season. I don't know. And last season, right? So last yeah. season they they start out being 8-15 and 2 and and look like they're, you know, a lottery team and then they go out and they win a bunch of games the latter half of the season. We look at this season, they start out, you know, 0-5 and 2 this year. They yeah. get they improve all the way to 6-10 and 3, right? They're basically just hovering four or five games below 500. Uh, and now they've won three games, right, against some really good teams, and they're right back in the mix. So it's it's because they're a middle of the road team that's very streaky, right? Yep. They yep. they look absolutely abysmal for a few weeks, and they look fantastic and unbeatable for a few weeks. So it's hard to say. Um, problem is, you know, you look at it in the long run. This isn't a Stanley Cup winning team, right? It's a team that might pull out a playoff berth. Um, but they're also they also have no prospects coming up, and you know this is sort of the best that they're going to be seemingly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well said. Yashu says, "Would you package Hoglander to dump OEL salary, and only if OEL had a no movement, a no no movement clause? If that's all it took, yes, I do that too. I don't think that is all it'll take though." Mm-hmm. Because again, wingers don't have much value, right? Even a, a guy like Hoaglander, who's, you know, more cost controlled, right? He's he'll get a raise, but he's not going to be worth a ton, right. right? He'll he'll probably get a bridge deal, uh, you know, maybe like two or three years at a million or, or a million and a half, two million dollars a year. Um, but yeah, I mean, we're talking about a guy who, in his first year, put up twenty seven points and has since just regressed, right? Yeah. 18 yeah. points in 60 last year. He only has four points in 17 games this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's already a minus four. Like he's not producing. So yes. 
no team is going to take on that OEL contract for the opportunity to have Niels Hoaglander um, on their team unless they hire Jim Benning as their GM. <laughs> we can always hope. Uh, Justin brings up a good point, um, more of a second point. So is Besser bound to get dealt? We can talk about that. Him, Garland, or Myers would need to be traded in order to resign Horvat. Jastrin, um, I want to point out, and not just, I'm glad you brought it up because there's a common misperception out there that the Canucks have no room to sign. They actually do. They can sign Horvat. They can sign Kuzmenko. It leaves them very, very thin around the margins. But they actually, there is a, a world where you can sign those two guys. But of course, you're hurting your, you're hurting okay. your competitive. You're not getting any better. Exactly, exactly. I, that's what I was trying to say. So there is room, but uh, and you can do it without trading a bunch of guys. But you're obviously, as Parker said, you're, you're not going to improve. Right. And and what do we think Bo's getting? What's your number? Oh uh, well, if I'm him, I, I'm. I'm wanting very close to what Miller asked got. Yeah, you're probably wanting what Miller got, right? Yeah. You're saying, well, he put up 99 points. You gave him a bunch of money. I, I'm, I'm putting up 60 goals. I want a bunch of money. And I'm two um, years younger than him, yeah. So yeah. let's say he's getting eight. Technically, that's $2.5 million more than he's getting right now, yeah. right? So it's only yeah. an extra $2.5 million. Yeah. Um, but again, it come, <laughs> you look at Besser, right? Yeah. Um, he might have some value, right? He still does have a bit of that pedigree. He is putting up almost a point per game, right? 14 points in 16 games, a lot of which are assists. He's a minus 12, which GMs mm-hmm. don't like to see. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, again, like, does he have much value? I'm sure you would be able to trade him and not have to add to lose the contract. But yeah, I mean, uh, I don't see it where, you know, you're not getting much, you're not going to get much in return. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Same, same as basically same reasons we talked about Connor Garland. Kodiak, uh, great question, but Parker and I actually did address this. I was more adamant that I would go Demko, Demko Martin in that order, and Parker could go either way, but he he wouldn't he'd be fine if, if Martin started tomorrow. Is that fair to say? Yep. Yep. Good. What else? What else? Yeah. <laughs> Irvin says, given Rutherford's advanced age, are we foolish to think he'd consider a rebuild? I don't know. Um because I, it's tough, right? Because I think if I'm in that boat, right, where I'm, you know, near 80 and running a hockey team and thinking, okay, well, how long do I want to be doing this when the team yeah. is this bad, right? I'm I'm probably, you know, maybe he wants to work for another three years, mm-hmm. let's say. Well, yeah, you probably want to try to win a cup in those three years, right? You have put that, you know, you've, you have a hard stop. It's going to be tough to... Uh, yeah, to commit, you know, trade a bunch of assets and say, all right, we're going to be competitive in five years and I'm not going to be here. It would be very heroic, um, but I, I don't see that, right? Yeah, I think, uh, and he's being adverse to using the word rebuild, right? He keeps talking about build, not rebuild. He, he said that right. on multiple occasions. Uh, uh, Parker, I will not get offended if your answer is no, because but Jasmine's asked it three times. Did you happen to see this? It was a disaster. I, I scrolled past it on Twitter and I kept, I did keep scrolling. That's totally fair. You you wouldn't be the only one. I wanted my opinion of you to remain high. <laughs> well, well, I'll take that. That's the nicest thing you've ever said about me. I'm going to take it. Uh, let's just say I have no shame, obviously. Um, what else do we got? Oh, here's a good question. Kuzmenko versus Besser on PP1. What do you like? Uh, did you click? Oh, there it is. Okay. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's on Bruce rotating Kuzmenko and Besser. Who do you guys think fits better on Powerplay 1? Brock Besser has been a, a tip machine. Uh, which is nice. Um, I mean, I say machine has three goals in 16 games, but they all came in the last few games, which is good. Um, I mean, Kuzmenko's producing regardless. Um, I don't, I don't think you, I don't think it matters. This power play is doing so well. Um, you know, I don't want to mess with it too much when they're looking at like 30 something percent over the last few games. So I don't think it matters all that much. If I had to compare those two players, Parker, I'd say Kuzmenko is the more dynamic player right now because Besser, yep. you're right, his three goals have been from the exact same spot, right in front of the goalie on the left, all three yep. goals, whereas at least Kuzmenko goes side to side, tries to find, you know, give angles. I don't know. I, I go Kuzmenko over Besser. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah, 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 yeah. What else we got in here? If you, but, uh, uh, Yeah. Would you put Pearson into the lineup if he's healthy? If yes, who do you take out? He 
doesn't he lead the team in seven or, or he led the team in seven or eight minor penalties when he was? Yeah. We well, got I hurt. think Myers is ahead of him now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's been on. He's been a minor penalty machine this year. <laughs> um, the only person I'd bring him in for is Garland. Is is because I, I don't put him on the fourth line because I don't think he's a good fourth line player, and I don't want to break up uh, Oman Joshua and, and Lazar. But if Dries, Besser, and Garland, they've been okay. They haven't been great. In fact, dry scores, he doesn't need those two guys. <laughs> um, yeah. I would bring it in for Garland, maybe, maybe. Yeah, I mean, let's let's think here, right? So you're not splitting up Pedersen because Megan McKay. Yeah. I don't think you're splitting up Horvat and Miller, and they've been Unless playing you bring together. Him in for Hoglander. Right. So, and Horvat and Pearson have historically been a thing. Yeah. Um, so I could see that. Yeah. Would I do that? I don't know. <laughs> I again, Hoaglander's not really producing, right? He's got four yeah. points, but they've looked good together. Three yes. of them, Miller, Horvat, and Hoaglander. If Pearson becomes healthy mm-hmm. right after a loss, then they will put him in. Yeah. But if the Canucks have won, let's say four in a row, mm-hmm. I don't think they're changing the lineup. I agree with you, Parker, but I could also, I, I was actually visioning this while I was listening to your answer. I can see Bruce Boudreaux behind the microphones saying, yeah, when Tanner Pearson's healthy, you, you don't keep him out of the lineup. I like I can actually right. picture him saying something like that. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Um, again, you're you're gonna have, you're gonna break something up though, right? Yeah. And I I don't you know you're not putting him down the middle, and you're not you're not subbing out Sheldon Dries because you're not, you're not putting Miller in the middle ever again. <laughs> so yeah, your options are, and you probably don't want to chop up that fourth line. I don't think you want to. Yeah, you don't want to put Pearson with Joshua and Oman. I don't think mm-hmm. um, Lazar brings some energy there, and Pearson's not really an energy guy. So yeah, you're looking at Garland or Hoaglander, and yep. if I, I like looking at this, I'm like, yeah, it's going to be Hoaglander that comes out. Yeah, but I, I wouldn't hate if if Garland came out. Yeah, that that's fair. Um, I thought Jeffrey and I were friends, but he said you could put Clay in that spot and he'd pick up goals too. Well, I'm taking that as a compliment, Jeffrey. <laughs> Although Jeffrey does make a good point later. He says, I can absolutely absolutely see Bruce doing that, putting Pearson straight in oh, and Hoglander going straight to the press box. Yeah. Yeah. And it's tough, but just kind of the way it works until another person gets hurt, right? It's mm-hmm. just the way it goes. And that's sort of the, you know, Hoglander needs to be better if he wants to stay in. Yeah. Yeah. Bruce says sit Pearson and maybe he may request a trade. But you got Bruce, you got to think of the big picture. That's not uh, he, Pearson is a very well respected veteran around the league, and y- y- you might think it might be good for our team in the short term, but that's not going to go well for free agents, people that guys that talk around the league saying what's Vancouver like. That so I I, I hear where you're going with this, but I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, at that point you could just trade him now. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> so, but again, I think they want the depth, right? They don't want to lose somebody. And you're thinking, well, yeah, let's just take Hoaglander out, keep Pearson around till the trade deadline and, and see if we're able to push for a playoff spot and then we'll keep him around. Sure, sure. Uh, Edmund asks, when do you think Riley Stillman draws in next? Um, I don't know if he gets in if, if Dermot's, uh, well, Dermot's still in a non-contact jersey. So really, he's only one injury away from getting in now. Yeah, do you think he gets in if they say lose the next game? Do you think he gets in against Florida? Man, to me, Parker, that's so short sighted. Yeah, um, but it, it depends. Like, it, it's such an easy answer for me to say. Well, it depends what. But truly, if he's minus three and he gives the puck away twice in in front of us, yeah, then then maybe you look at making a change. But I, I just see, you know, there's one cool play I saw last night, Parker, where you play defense, right? Yep. Okay, so I don't know if you ever do this. He was actually battling on the boards, and he got stripped of the puck, but he kind of swung his stick backwards low just to try, and even though he wasn't even looking, just to try and disrupt. Right. And I'm, I don't see a lot of defensemen do that, but I thought it was a really, really smart. I don't remember what happened, mm. but I thought it was a really smart play. Yeah, I'm lo- I'm just looking at this, and I'm thinking, like, like I, I would say, yeah, I don't think Stillman should play another game this year <laughs> unless yep. injuries dictate. Um, but the problem is they keep playing him, right? So I... I don't know. I, I think he probably does draw in in the next four games, let's say. But yeah. I don't think he should. Yep. I think that's fair. I and I will fair. be mad when it happens. And I think uh, what's re- interesting, well, 
It all depends on when Travis Dermott comes back. Because in a 23-man roster, you have your 18 skaters, your two goalies, and then three healthy scratches, either two forwards, one D, or two D, one forward. The Canucks have gone with two D, one forward, obviously, because they had eight defensemen on the roster. But by sending Rathbone down today, imagine if Dermott's not ready, and then one of Pearson or Sidnika come back. Then now you're actually, it's reversed now. Now you have two, two forwards and one D as your healthy scratch. So what I'm saying is there's a chance that if Dermot doesn't come back, he's not ready, the Canucks only have one extra D, and if, God forbid, something happens, or Burroughs doesn't play well, then Stillman's, Stillman's your next man up. Yeah. If Dermot's not ready, yeah. Yeah. Wow. All right, well, it is 11 o'clock, folks. Uh, so thank you very much for joining. Uh, if you enjoyed the show, like I said, leave a like, hit subscribe, hit uh, do all that good stuff. Miss any part, you can rewind back to the beginning. You can find out your favorite podcast platform in a matter of about 10, 15 minutes. Uh, Clay, any parting words for now, this? I'll give you some love from love from Rod Parker should play before Stillman. <laughs> I will accept if they pay me an entry-level contract, please. I'll take a million dollars a year. Well, uh, last words. Well, totally, Parker. I can tell we're both in a good mood. The the people are, are watching the show, thank you, 130 of you. They're in a good mood. Maybe it's because the team is playing well. Maybe because we're back to our regular home on Monday nights. But tonight was a great show, and... Yeah, four games between now and next Monday night, which we'll which we'll do, and I'm really excited. I'm really excited about the Canucks making some hay, especially at home now, and and you can see, you can feel the energy of the fans just kind of slowly, slowly coming back. Not so much apathy, and they can only if they can build on it. We we could be talking about a team that's one, two games over 500 at this time next week, for sure. All right, folks, we're going to wrap up there. If you want more Canucks talk, you can go over to Canuck Clay's channel. Uh, He'll be doing another 30-minute stream or so in a matter of about 10 minutes, so you can hang out there. Otherwise, have a lovely night, and we will see you next week.